No, right, yeah, right there in the pupae. Oh, okay, thanks. Yeah, you can just write down your name and then if not next week, whatever. I see Dave. Can I do something? That's it. Okay. Welcome, everybody, to the Empowered Wife Workshop. I'm so glad that you are all here. I know that you want to grow and have an amazing relationship. And... You should just know that not a lot of people have the courage to join a marriage group. Someone told me that she was once in the library and a whole bunch, with a whole bunch of women, and they were all asking the librarian for books. So most of them were asking for parenting books, and some of them were asking for novels. And then suddenly one lady is like, asked the librarian, she's like, where can I find the marriage books? And everyone gave her a look like she's strange. And she turned to everyone and she said, what do you mean? My marriage is the most important relationship in my life. Why wouldn't I want to learn more and get books on it to grow in my marriage? And this lady was a really good wife because she knew that this is the most important relationship in her life, and so she wanted to grow as much as possible. And for me, the biggest evidence that you're already amazing, amazing wives is that you're here. Because the fact that you're here means that you want to grow and you want to learn. That means that your marriage is a very important relationship to you, and... That shows a lot about you. And just saying, don't tell this to anyone else, but like, I've worked with many, many, many women. I'm a Laura Doyle relationship coach, and I also give information on the skills. And I've worked with many women in many different types of communities, and I don't know what, like, sorry, I don't know all the different types, sorry, but like, this community is especially motivated to work on their marriage, and they implement so fast and have such fast transformations. I'm serious. That's just like my experience. And it's so inspiring for me. Like when I work with someone who just like hears the skills and implements and experiments and goes home and tries it and just shows up like as her new self in her marriage and creates a transformation, it's so inspiring for me to see. And why do you think I do this? Because if, if I preach this the entire day, I have to practice what I preach. So it's just so inspiring for me to keep implementing in my relationship. Um, okay. So I'm going to be like referencing my notes sometimes just because there's such good information. I don't want to miss it. Okay. Um, this workshop is called the Empowered Wife Workshop because I'm going to introduce you to some of the ways you could use your feminine gifts to foster playfulness and passion in your relationship, even if your husband is the one who needs to change and he's not showing any signs that he's willing to change. If you've been working very hard to make things better, you may be working a little bit too hard. So in this workshop, you're gonna actually learn how to do less and learn how to show up as your best self and you may very well inspire him to improve even though he's not in the course and he may not even know that you're in it, like your husband. <laughs> That's what I mean when I say empowered wife. So if you're struggling in your marriage and you've been trying to get your husband to change, you do not have to be a victim. You have the power to show up in a way which can create the most beautiful, connecting marriage in the world. In fact, you might consider giving yourself space and not sharing with your, and you might not want to share with your husband the specific skills that we're learning because it's sometimes good to just like give yourself the space to implement without him knowing about it. First of all, I've worked with some people that they tell their husband, they learn a skill and then they tell it to their husbands, and then their husbands remind them about it, and they're like, ah, 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 like, no, nah, no, nah. like, that's not happening. And another reason is because, like, I'm thinking of an example where I told someone to 
go home and share appreciation with her husband about how much he appreciates that he's always helpful with the kids. So she went home and she told him, thanks for being such a devoted husband. You're always so devoted and helpful with the kids. And he's like, oh, Hannah told you to say that. So the best is like, you could tell him that you're working on being the respectful wife that he deserves. They love hearing that. Love, love, love. Um, but just like the specific details, you don't have to share with them. Now, okay, does any of this sound like you? Do you find yourself complaining that you have to do everything? You have to work, pay the bills, clean the house, plan the social events, take care of the kids. Do you ever say things like, oh, never mind, I'll just do it myself because your husband is never getting around to doing the things you ask him to do? Do you pride yourself on having magic powers of finding lost keys and wallets? Do you relate to sometimes wondering how your husband married someone so much smarter than him? Could you relate to this, that your husband always seems more interested in spending time with everybody else or with his phone or at work or at his classes other than with you? This one is like such a painful one. So many people like, like this is a huge one where people are always telling me that I just feel like he's married to his job. He's married to his phone. He doesn't want to spend time with me. He runs away from me. He just like will do anything to avoid me. And it's such a painful reality. Um, do you feel sometimes like you're more of a mother to your husband than you are a wife to your husband? Okay, so the whole reason why I got into this whole approach, I'm very honest, is because when I got married, I thought I was going to be the best wife in the entire world. I knew I was being the best wife. And my husband, when he got married, he knew he was being the best husband. We were both the type to be really good wives and really good husbands. And then what happened is we got married and we were like so shocked and so sad that that is just like not what happened. There was a lot of fighting and disagreements and pain. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. In the marriage. And one of the biggest things was I thought that anything that I feel, my husband has to agree with me. So I used to spend my like entire first few years of my marriage trying to show him how I'm right and he's wrong and try to make him think exactly the way I was thinking. I tried teaching him how to be more generous, how to be more spiritual. I tried so hard to change him and anything I tried did not work. And you know, like when we go swimming, we get swimming lessons. When we go driving, we get driving lessons. Marriage is the only thing we're like thrown into it and everyone's like, just do it. And you're like, okay. And you think you're this like amazing person and you're gonna have this amazing marriage. And so many people are just like so sad to discover that there's so much friction and fighting and so much loss of connection and so much pain. The pain of suffering in a marriage is excruciating. It's so lonely and it's so hard. And like when I found these skills and I experimented with it in my marriage, I literally cannot believe the transformation. Like literally a 180 degree turnaround to where I had a husband that like I just did not recognize. And I'm so excited for every single one of you that you're going to get to learn these skills. And I'm just telling you right now that the main thing I have to deal with when people learn these skills is they have like pain and they're like, it's not fair. Why didn't I learn this earlier? Like why, why, why now? Like why did Hashem make me go through all this pain? Or even if not pain, why couldn't I have been better all these years? And like, I feel like because we're Jewish, we know that like there was supposed like there's supposed to be a specific time that we're supposed to get the information. We're not supposed to get it a minute earlier. I have a client who is 70 years old, who she is so cute. 
she's like implementing the skills and she's having wins and she's creating transformation in her marriage. And the main thing that we keep having to talk about, she's like, it's not fear. It's not fear. Why didn't anyone teach this to me earlier? Such simple, silly skills that create such a difference in the marriage. And we always talk about like, there was clearly a specific time that Hashem wanted her to get this information so she could have the transformation in her marriage. Anyways, so let me just tell you what's possible once you begin experimenting with implementing these skills. Number one, instead of having tension and bickering, the two of you laugh together, hold hands and dance in the kitchen. You could have time for yourself to read, to talk to friends, to take naps. Your kids could start relying on their father to help with our homework. You feel joyful and grateful that you married such a smart and capable man. Does this sound exciting yet? What else is possible with the skills? Your husband works to make you happy. He helps out more. He seeks out your company and he gives you things that you love. The kind of marriage that I'm describing is not a fantasy. It's a reality. And not just for me, but also for the over 100 women I've worked with within our community and the thousands of women who have learned the keys to creating intimacy in their relationship. Once you have the keys, you can unlock the treasures of connection and peace. So these techniques that we're gonna learn, they're gonna help you to improve your attitude, which in turn will improve your behaviors, which can ultimately transform your marriage into the connection that you always dreamed of. Now, because I was so inspired by the improvement in my life once I started learning these skills, I decided to learn the skills at the highest level with Laura Doyle herself, who authored the book, The Empowered Wife. Now, there's going to be a term that I'm going to refer to throughout this course, and I just want to explain to you what it means. The term is the surrendered wife. Now, when I heard that term, I was like, no, I, I don't like that word. Surrendered sounds like, like, how do you say shmata in Syrian? <laughs> okay, Dormat. like, what? Doormat? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Surrender sounds like you're a doormat and everything your husband says, you just like run and listen and you're just like this squashed person. That's not what surrender means. I want to explain to you what surrender means. Imagine you go to the beach and you're sitting there and you just decide, I don't want the waves to move. I am stopping the waves. So you sit there and you try and you try and you try and you just end up being so frustrated and so going through so much needless emotional turmoil because you're trying to control something that you have no power over. When I say the word surrendered wife, what I mean is a surrendered wife realizes that she could try and try and try and try to change her husband, to get him to improve, to get him to realize how messed up he is, how much he needs help, how socially off he is, how not generous he is, how everyone else is able to buy that besides for me, how you're the only father who blah, 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 whatever. Instead of trying to change him, a surrendered wife realizes that it does not work to change her husband and instead, she asks herself, how can I show up in a way where I am being my best self and where he ends up in being inspired to be his best self? And when a surrendered wife stops trying to change him and she just sits back and enjoys him and focuses on how she can show up as her better self, that's when the magic happens and that's when he starts transforming. In the same way that when someone realizes that they can't stop the waves of the ocean, they could just sit back and watch its beauty and enjoy it because they have no power to change it anyways. Um, okay, so implementing these skills can improve your marriage dramatically and rapidly. Wives often tell me, after using these skills for about two weeks, I already feel like I see a massive transformation in my husband. 
Now, of course, it wasn't the husband who changed. It was her. And then once she changed, he started responding to her totally differently. The reasons why thousands of women have been so successful with these skills is because they learn to adopt the habits that contribute to intimacy and that is so empowering. This workshop is designed so that you too will be able to succeed in changing your habits in the relationship. I'm gonna invite you to experiment with doing some things differently in your relationship that you've been doing up until now, with trying things on to see how they fit for you. But I also wanna tell you that you're the expert on your life. You know yourself best, and these are tools, they're not rules. You always get to decide what you wanna experiment with, what you don't wanna experiment with, if it's a fit for you, if it's not a fit for you, you know best. I remember like going to classes 100 years ago, and they would be like, you have to do this to your husband. And ugh, I was feeling very controlled. I was like, no. So I'm very into that. I'm gonna give you amazing skills and some skills you might be like, nah, not for me. So that's your decision. You always get to experiment with it. And if you wanna continue, great. If not, not. Now, when you're trying to change a habit, there's four things that contribute to changing a habit. Number one, a change in attitude. It's obvious that all of you have a very positive attitude and a commitment towards making a change or else you wouldn't be here. The fact that you showed up here means you have a great attitude towards making a change in your marriage. The second thing that changes your habit is practice. You'll get to apply what we're learning over here and then throughout the week, you'll get to practice it, go home and practice it right away with your husbands, with yourselves and um, research shows that it takes about a month to establish a new habit. Since we're gonna to be together for six weeks, you'll have enough time to keep practicing and practicing and implementing, and hopefully by the time we're done, it will be a new ingrained habit where it just will be second nature, like duh, this is how wives act. The third thing to creating a habit is reinforcement. This workshop is gonna help you reinforce your new behaviors, and soon the skills will be second nature. And then the last thing that helps contribute to a changing habit is ongoing support. Studies show, I'm sure you all know this, right? If you go exercising with a friend, you're way more likely to continue the exercise because there's that motivation. So the same way with these skills, you have an easier time changing your habits when there's like a community of women who are getting together and together are supporting each other and implementing the skills and cheering each other on. So I love that even if you don't know each other, that we're all here together, we're gonna all work together on growing the skills and cheering each other on. Now, I want you to take a moment and just think to yourself, you can write it down on your phone, or just think to yourself, what is like the main thing that you wanna get out of this workshop for your own marriage? For some people, it might be more connection to their husband, they feel like kinda of a little distant, more connection. For some people, it might be that they want more quality time with their husbands. For some people, they might wanna stop fighting about money. For some people, they wanna save their marriage. And for some people, they just wanna take their good marriage and just make it even better. Take it to like a whole new level. So just take a second to just think to yourself like, what do you wanna get out of this marriage? I mean, <laughs> of course. Okay, now one more thing I just wanna mention is that one of the best ways that we could support each other is, I just realized that, oh yeah, is that by making this place like a sacred space. What I mean by that is that whatever anyone chooses to share is confidential for this group only. And in order for it to be safe, no judgment, no criticism, just stick with listening to each other and offering encouragement. 
And it's pretty amazing what happens in this workshop is that we get really close in a very short amount of time. And it's largely because of the courage of the women who enroll. Now, before we get into the first skill, I want to get to know each of you a tiny bit. So we're just going to quickly go around and you could choose what you want to answer, what you don't want to answer. But I would love if you could tell me your name, how long you're married. Um, if you would like to, you could share the one thing that you thought about that you would like, most like to improve in your marriage. And I'm curious to know if you heard about these skills before or like you're completely new to it. And if you did hear about the skills, how and where? So let's start with Esther. Uh, who are we starting with? Who wants to start? Who wants I to guess Esther. Okay, <laughs> Esther. I'm Esther. Okay, so what's your name? Hi, Esther. Esther. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I'm sorry. Okay, so no problem. No one's going to remember. How long are you married? I'm married. I'm married almost eight years. Eight years is August. Wow. Okay. I heard about the skills from my mother-in-law. And I am doing it for six months so far. And it's going great. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Do you want to share, like, one specific thing that you want to get out of the course? You don't have to if you don't want to. Um... I have like specific scenarios that I'd like to ask questions about okay, later, fine. but okay. that's not like just okay. general enjoyment. <laughs> okay. Um, you don't have to, you could skip that question if you want to. I totally get it. Okay. What's your name? Brenda Cabasa. <laughs> I'm like the grandma. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm married 35 years, but I'm just Wow. Married. I teach brides. <clears throat> wow. I always work on my marriage, but I'm always trying to give the brides tools also. You know, wow. so I've heard these skills from I told you Robertson right. and husband had a class. And I read the book a while ago. Wow. And just Amazing. always looking to improve. Beautiful. Wow. Your husband's lucky. <laughs> okay, what's your name? My name is Gloria. I'm married twelve years. I heard about it from my mother. Uh-huh. Very cute. <laughs> Okay, what's your name? Hi, I'm Sari. Sari. Um, I heard about, wait, what am I saying? <laughs> How many years are you? I'm married for three years. Um, I spoke to you on the phone, actually, you remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah, so what else do I have to say? Just um, did you ever hear of the skills before? Oh, yeah, I listened to Robertson Waxman. Very cute. Um, some of her classes, but I forgot Amazing. them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, right, okay. What's your name? Uh, my name is Naomi Powell. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and thank you to Marilyn for arranging this. Well, any any like wins that all of you have, and like all your marriages that are gonna become like amazing, is all Marilyn's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what's your name? Hi, my name's Karen. I'm married almost four years, and I heard the skills like eh, like starting, <laughs> and what else? Like you ever read the book? No. The, no. Okay. What's I, your name? Wow. You see, oh my gosh, you're amazing. Like everyone just constantly working on their marriages. It's amazing. It's really, really she inspiring. Spoke once, like maybe two years ago in the summer, like a shorter version of it. Uh huh. She spoke this year and everyone loved it. So, wow, yeah. wow. That's amazing. What's your name? Anita. I'm married for a year and a half. And I read the book and I also went to Robertson that Wow. Wow. What's your name? 
Sana, and I didn't hear the skeleton in the background. Yay! I'm so excited, okay? into the first skill, I just want to quickly go through what you can expect from practicing the skills. With these skills, no matter how challenging the relationship is right now, there can be a 180 degree turnaround. I'm talking about the real possibility of a wife implementing and creating amazing, vibrant marriages, the kind that every woman dreams of. Now, I want to just quickly, quickly go through the six skills. Every week, we're going to be doing another skill, but I just want to quickly go through them like fast and like two sentences to just like explain them to you. The first skill is self-care. This one is a fun skill. This is where you become a goddess of fun and light. Goddess of fun and light, you're gonna, by the way, there's a whole new lingo after you learn these skills. So like, you'll have a new language with each other. I don't know if you know each other, but like, it's a whole new language where you start talking to people like that. Like, I'm in the goddess of fun and light mood, which means that when you do self-care, you end up being a goddess of fun and light, which means just like light and happy mode and positive. And um, it kind of is like going back to the way you acted when you were dating your husband. You may have forgotten your fun and light side because you have a lot of responsibilities in life. But it turns out that having fun, really making yourself happy every single day is very important to have a happy relationship. That means having frivolous fun every single day. And you might be thinking, who has time for that? We're gonna discuss the skill today and we'll go into that. Let me just quickly go through the rest of the skills. The second skill is receiving graciously. If you feel like your husband doesn't give you gifts or he doesn't give you gifts that you like or he buys you weird gifts like car parts or knives, then, or if he gives you, comp if he never gives you compliments and you're always just so hurt because he doesn't give you compliments or he doesn't help or he doesn't give you apologies, we're gonna cover how to change that up under the skill of receiving graciously, which is next week. The next skill is relinquishing inappropriate control of your husband's life. Laura Doyle has a world famous system for trusting your husband to be responsible. And the magic is that when you use the system, your husband is gonna suddenly respond to you totally differently. He's gonna show up with more respect towards you, enthusiasm, and he's gonna suddenly take more initiative. You're not gonna recognize him. The fourth skill is gratitude. This is the most powerful intimacy skill, personally, I think of all, because it does a double duty. When you start focusing on gratitude, first of all, you become a much happier person because you're looking out for how you appreciate your husband and you're like, oh my gosh, I never realized I am so lucky because you're focusing on all that you appreciate about him. The second thing that you accomplish with gratitude is that when you appreciate someone, they want to do, hi, what's hi, your name? How are you? Molly, I'm Marilyn's sister. Oh, so cute. Sorry, Molly. No problem. We went around before and everyone said how long they're married for and if they ever heard Six of this skill before. Six years. Okay. <laughs> um, so the second thing that you accomplish with gratitude, it's a double duty skill because first of all, when you are focusing on what you appreciate about your husband, you're happier because you're focusing on what you appreciate. And number two, when he feels appreciated, he just wants to do more and more of what you're appreciating him for, right? Think of when you do something for someone and they cannot stop thinking you, you start like racking your brain, how could I do more of this? Whereas if you do something for someone and they don't even mention it, you're like, never mind, I'm never doing this again, right? So that's the gratitude. 
The fifth skill is vulnerability. I'm talking about we're going to learn how to take a very soft, vulnerable approach in your marriage instead of an authoritative one. And it's going to nurture the connection between the two of you. I'm going to teach you the language of vulnerability and show you how to bring it into your relationship and why it's so important for a connected marriage. The last skill that I'm going to get to, week six, is respect. Which means if you're feeling like you don't respect your husband right now, don't worry. You are not alone. That's how many women feel prior to learning these skills. I'm also going to clarify what respect looks like to men. I remember my entire life, everyone always told me, you have to be respectful, you have to be respectful. I had no clue what that means. I'm like, what does that mean? Does that mean to wear makeup? Does that mean to wear your wig? Does that mean that you should smile at him? Does that mean you should stay up till 1 a.m. till he gets home? Like, what does respectful mean? No one ever taught me. It's not my fault. No one ever taught me. And no one ever taught, you know, I'm saying it happens to you guys are lucky because you come to classes, you learn, and you give it over. But I don't know. I didn't have such a good experience with learning all these stuff. Anyways, um, okay, so now let's go into the first skill. And what I wanted to tell you before I forget is that at the end of this class, any of you who want to join, I'm going to be doing like a group text just for this group that you're going to be able to throughout the week share wins with each other of how you implemented the skill that we're discussing. And that way, like, you get to motivate each other throughout the week of just, like, wins. Which a win means, like, how you implemented it, how you're feeling happier, how you're feeling different, what it's like for you to experiment with it. Okay, so now we're going to get into the first skill. The first skill is really enjoyable, but sometimes feels very challenging to do, especially for from women. And I'm talking about the skill of self-care. This skill is vital for connection and happiness in a marriage. What does self-care mean? The entire world talks about self-care, and everyone has different ways of describing what self-care means to them. But what I think of when I think of self-care is it means being in tune to when you're depleted and making sure to stop and fill yourself up. It means doing at least three things every single day to keep yourself from getting depleted. It means that you're constantly checking in with yourself throughout the day and making sure that your self-care meter is in check in order to maintain your emotional positivity. That means that if you just feel all filled up and then suddenly, I don't know, a kid comes home or you are working very hard and you're like, no, but I did self-care a half hour ago, so it doesn't make sense that I'm depleted right now. It's possible for a child to deplete you in five minutes and then you need more self-care in order to be more filled up. So self-care is a lot about tuning into yourself and asking yourself on a scale from one to 10, how would I rate my self-care right now? How filled up do I feel? I want you to go back to the last time that you got annoyed at your husband. That you got nervous from him. Is it possible that if you were in a very good mood, that same action would have went right past you without getting super nervous from him? This morning someone told me that she gets really, really, really angry at her husband. Last night she was fuming at him. Because she told him, you have a very stupid job, you barely make any money, she lives in a certain city, and he drives, um, he drives whatever, a car service, taxi, whatever you call it. And she told him that, I'm really fed up of you making so little money, you have such a stupid job, why don't you be more motivated, have goals, like, more passion. And then she went on to tell him that if you continue eating the way you eat, you're going to die. That's what she told him. Because you're eating so unhealthy, and it's really dangerous to eat so unhealthy. And this is what she told him. Now, I asked her, I said, when you shared this with him, like, 
how would you rate your self-care on a scale from 1 to 10? She's like, probably negative 10. I'm like, have you done anything to fill yourself up, to make yourself happy recently? She's like, nope. So I asked her, imagine you would have gone to a wedding and had a blast and come home, and then your husband would be eating all these unhealthy things. She's like, I wouldn't have cared. I wouldn't have cared. So the first reason why implementing self-care is so important, I used to think that this skill is really dumb. And I would skip it when I coached people because I'm like, it's such a dumb skill. Everyone knows about it. And then what I realized is that the people that I skipped this skill with, they did not have the ability to implement any of the other skills because they were so depleted and they were just surviving that they didn't have the emotional energy it takes to implement everything else, which is what creates the major transformation. So the first reason why self-care is so important is because most fights happen when we're depleted. Think of it. Do anyone over here have this typical relationship advice that never go to sleep at night in a fight? Yes. So I don't know if anyone here ever tried it, but if you don't go to sleep at night in a fight, then you know what you usually do instead? Usually stay up the whole night fighting. Because when you're tired, <laughs> right? When you're tired and you try having a conversation, then you end up not being logical. You're both like seeing the worst in each other. And it doesn't go anywhere. Whereas if you decide to actually go to sleep in a fight and wake up the next morning, suddenly like the world's brighter and you're like, oh, he's not so bad. He's not so bad. You know, I can have a conversation with him. So controlling and cranky is where we usually go when we're depleted. So self-care is like this secret weapon. Now, another thing is a lot of people tell me, like certain times people call me up and they tell me I married the wrong guy and a lot more extreme things than that. And usually when I check in with them, a lot of times it's either like before Pesach and they're making Pesach and they are, there's no time for self-care at all. Or like, I don't know, they're in their first trimester of pregnancy and they are not feeling amazing. So suddenly, and they're very depleted and suddenly their husband just looks like, I don't know, I can't believe I married this guy. Like, how silly was I? And everyone has very good reasons why they married the wrong guy, by the way. Everyone. That they wanted to get out of the house. Someone convinced them. Someone forced them. He tricked them. He put on a show and pretended to be someone totally different than he really is. Everyone has another reason. And it's all very good reasons. Now, I always tell people, like, before Pesach or all these times where self-care is impossible... No making judgments on your relationship because you're not going to be able to think logically because you're so depleted. Wait, it's just like a time that you want to get through and then once you get through it and you can fill yourself up again, then you can think about your relationship again. Now, I know for myself that when I'm particularly irritated at my husband's annoying habits, often the underlying reason is that I'm tired or overworked. The minute I become sleep deprived, hungry, overwhelmed, or stressed out, I'm not much good to anybody, including myself. Now, people share with me all the time things that get them nervous about their husband. So I'm just going to give you three examples. One person told me that her husband makes really loud noise while he eats. And anytime he's eating, she tells him, could you please sha? Could you please just sha? You're getting me really nervous. And it never ends with him saying, sure, sure, no problem. I'll sha. That doesn't happen. Usually it turns into a fight. He gets defensive and then it turns into a fight. And what I invited her to do is that any time her husband's making loud noises while he's eating, even if it's weird, leave the room and go do some self-care. Go do something that like fills you up, puts you into a better place, come back. And she told me, guess what? The noises he makes while he's eating, I was able to 
like not scream at him and keep the peace and not create a major distance in our marriage. Another person told me that they were by like some sort, her husband had some sort of like um, work event and they were all, she went with her husband to eat out in a restaurant um, with all his workmates and their wives. And her husband was eating with his hands the entire event. And she kept pinching him under the table and stepping on his foot because she wanted to let him know that you cannot eat with your hands. That's not okay. And the second they got into the car, she, I forgot to tell you, she told me that that had been a crazy day. She did not do a stitch of self-care for herself. She basically was drained and depleted and exhausted. And by the time they got into the car after this event, she gave it to him and she let him know, I cannot believe I am married to, I'm not going to tell you what she called him, like a pig. She's like, I am married to a pig because you eat with your hands. That's animalistic to eat with your hands. And obviously it did not end very well and they got into a massive fight. Now, had she been in tune to filling herself up throughout the day, then she would have went to that event and she would have noticed that he was eating with his hands and she would have had the emotional energy to refrain from criticizing him, which just creates a massive distance in the relationship. The third thing that someone told me, I'll give you one more example, is that someone told me her husband's breathing gets her nervous. He breathes too loud. So she told him one day, one day, she just started complaining to him about his breathing. So he's like, I don't get it. You want me to stop breathing? So she's like, yeah, do you mind? Like, just for a little bit. And I'm sure all of you can relate that, like, when we're depleted, things about our husband just get on our very last nerve. And that's why self-care is so important because... Something as simple as just taking good care of yourself could literally make an entire day turn out completely differently because then you have the emotional energy to like see him in a positive light, to refrain from criticizing him and keep the peace. Um, when we're depleted, our husband's very being can irritate us. Being able to realize that I have no power to change anybody around me when they're getting me nervous but what can I do? I can do self-care and then it will usually stop irritating me. If he's getting me nervous, it's a sign that I need to fill myself up. It's a whole new outlook. Like next time your husband gets you nervous, instead of like, how, who can I call to teach this guy that he cannot do ABC? Which of his rabbis could knock sense into his head that he must, I don't know, eat healthy or anytime you want to change your husband or he's getting you nervous, Instead of thinking, how could I change him? Remember the example with the ocean? We can't change them. Doesn't work. Try asking yourself, how can I fill myself up right now? And that way you'll have emotional energy and you won't be getting as nervous from him. Um, a lot of times when a woman complains to me about her husband as a coach, my first question to her is, how is your self-care? Very often, the answer comes back that she has not done anything for herself in days or weeks or even months. So in that case, the misery is really coming from inside of her, not from her husband. He's just the easiest target for her frustration. I've learned that my irritability with my husband is largely preventable. Just doing three enjoyable things every day is a great way to take responsibility for my own happiness, which in turn creates a happier marriage. One way to think of self-care is to think of it as like an emotional fuel tank. The more resources I have for making myself happy, the more I'm gonna be able to laugh about something with my husband instead of fighting about it. And I'm sure all of you can relate to a situation when you were filled up, you were able to laugh about something. And when you weren't filled up, something silly could turn into a major loss of connection. When you're relaxed, you have a better capacity to overlook his faults. If you don't make time to enjoy yourself every day, you have a very little chance to have a good relationship. 
a lot of times when we get grumpy, we don't realize that we overdrew our energy account. Laura says a story where she traveled cross country and she was obviously exhausted, different time zones and everything. And she came home and she came back, you know, and her husband picked her up from the airport and she came into the car and he started circling, you know, in the airports, like you got a circle. And as he was circling, she's like, why do you have to circle so many times? And then she's like, make a right. No, make a left. Go straight. And she starts yelling at him and criticizing him and screaming at him. And then she's like, you didn't bring me food. How come you didn't know I would be starving? And he's like, hi, Laura. It's so good to see you too. And at that point, she just apologized for being disrespectful. But that was her being depleted and low on basic self-care, which is sleep. Now, the first step to creating self-care habit is to list 20, and I know you're going to laugh because you're going to be like 20. I can't think of like three. 20 self-care items, activities that you enjoy doing. It could be a hot bath, gardening, reading, watching something, calling your sister, lunch with a friend, a bike ride, a walk, playing with your kids. I personally love dancing with my kids. Um, dancing, a nap, a massage, a pedicure. Now your list will be completely individual to you, right? Like a lot of people talk about yoga is having self-care. For me personally, and Laura says this too, it's like torture for her and for me. It's boring, I get bored from yoga. So maybe you feel good after, but that's not considered self-care. Self-care has to be something that you're literally enjoying it while you're doing it. It's like while you're doing it, you're filling yourself up. Um, it could be swimming, eating out with a friend, coffee, a good book, music, whatever, singing on top of your lungs. I had a client who like could not come up with any self-cares. And then I told her to just like start searching. And she came back telling me that she saw a little kid blowing bubbles and catching the bubbles. And she's like, I know it's socially off. I know like it's a two year, it's like a two year old thing to do, but I'm totally gonna buy myself bubbles. And she bought herself bubbles and she bought bubbles and she's like, it sounds crazy, but I was in the best mood after my husband came home. I was like, hi, like she just caught bubbles. Um, so yeah, like everyone's gonna have their own individual lists. And if you can come, like whoever ends up signing up to this group text this week, we'll be sharing with each other self care wins. So we'll all get to steal from each other's ideas of what kind of things fill each other up. Now, um, practicing the skills takes a lot of patience and concentration, which is impossible when you're depleted. So it's very important that you practice good self-care because there's a direct connection between self-care and your level of tolerance for your husband. Okay, now if you find that your husband's getting on your very last nerve because he exists, could be that he's behaving poorly, but it also could be that you're depleted. The quickest way to rediscover your good nature itself is to consistently take time to do something that you enjoy. When you're using every last drop of your energy to exist, then there isn't any energy left to put into a connected marriage. And then your marriage has no chance to be able to thrive. What's nice is that when you find pleasure in your day and you fill yourself up, then you're also enhancing your marriage. So the first reason that we covered why self-care is so important is because when we're filled up, we have the emotional energy to show up as our best selves. Our husbands don't get on our very last nerves. We're filled up and we're able to implement and be respectful. Another reason why self-care is so important is because when you treat yourself well by practicing self-care, you encourage everyone around you to treat you well, including your husband. You send a message to everybody that taking care of yourself is a priority. And suddenly, instead of seeming like this, Frantic, worn out, stress case, you present yourself as a calm, pleasant person. And suddenly your husband's gonna respond to you differently and everyone will respond to you differently. I think of like two women that I know. One of them 
She is an amazing woman, but she does not take care of herself ever, 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 ever. She doesn't know what the word self-care means. She doesn't ever take care of herself. And everyone just takes advantage of her, disrespectful to her, because she doesn't value herself and treat herself well. Right. And I know someone else who she takes such good care of herself. She makes sure to be filled up and she presents herself in a way where people treat her with respect. So another benefit to us implementing self-care is that we show up in a way where we end up getting our husbands to treat us better because we're presenting ourselves as that we're important to take care of. Now, another very, very, very powerful, for me personally, this concept that I'm about to go into was life-changing, and that was that I used to think that my husband is responsible for my happiness. And then I realized that, guess what? The only one that's responsible for my happiness is me. And if I rely on my husband to, if I make my happiness dependent on my husband, that's where a lot of friction could happen. So where does self-care come in? That when I can do, if my husband is not in a good place and I can ask myself, do I want to get swept into his negativity? Do I want to make my happiness dependent on where he is at? Or do I want to own my happiness and take good care of myself? And then you go and take good care of yourself, then you end up, getting a completely different marriage. So I just want to quickly read to you a very powerful article on this topic. During a class at Fresno Pacific University, a speaker asked one of the spouses in the audience, does your husband make you happy? At this moment, the husband stood up straighter, showing complete confidence. He knew his wife would say yes, because she had never complained about anything during their marriage. However, his wife answered the question with a resounding, nope, nope. My husband does not make me happy. The, wife was, the husband was baffled, but his wife continued, My husband never made me happy, and he does not make me happy. I am happy. Whether I am happy or not is not dependent on him, but on me. I am the only person on whom my happiness depends. I choose to be happy in every situation and every moment of my life. For if my happiness depended on another person, thing, or circumstance, I would be in serious trouble. Everything that exists in this life constantly changes. The human being, the riches, my body, the climate, my boss, the pleasures, the friends, and my physical and mental health. I need to decide to be happy regardless of anything else that happens. Whether I own a little or a lot, I am happy. Whether I'm going out or staying home, I'm happy. I am married, but I was already happy when I was single because I am responsible for my happiness. When I take this obligation from my husband and everyone else, I free them from the burden of carrying me on their shoulders. It makes everyone's life much lighter. And that's how I've had such a successful marriage for so many years. On this topic, someone told me that her husband used to come home from work in a very bad mood every single day. And every day she would try to get him out of his bad mood and ask him, why are you in a bad mood? Is it because of me? And she would just like... Be like, you're ruining the atmosphere of the house or what's going on? Tell me, I'll make it better. I'll give you advice. And whatever she tried didn't work. And she one night sat down to supper with her husband and he was in such a bad mood. And she knew that in any minute, she's going to go into control mode and she's going to control his mood. And she's going to tell him, you got to stop this mood. And she realized that if she is in a very filled up place, she'll have the emotional energy to not make her happiness dependent on her husband's mood, but to be able to own her happiness and take responsibility for her happiness. So she told me she was in the middle of supper and she literally told, she knew that if she would stay there, it would turn into a huge fight. 
So she told him, I just remembered that I'm on a diet and I need cucumbers. I'm running to the grocery to get cucumbers. She let, it sounds like disgusting. Like what? You're leaving your husband by the supper table. But she knew that if she was to stay there, she would end up criticizing him. And she would end up telling him, snap out of your mood already, right? So instead, she told me she left the house. She went in the car. She called a friend who she always laughs with a lot. She went into the store. She left and bought cucumbers. She came home on such a high. She said suddenly she could not care less about her husband's mood. And she said it was fascinating how suddenly he bounced out of his negative mood. Because what had happened until then was anytime he was in a bad mood, she got in a bad mood. Now, how's he supposed to bounce out of his bad mood when she got into his bad mood as well? So it was a completely different outcome because she changed the dynamic and relinquished control of her husband's mood. Another very powerful story about this is a woman shared how she also frequently struggled with the issue of her husband being very cranky and cold when he came home from work every night. She was exhausted because every night he was a distant, cold person who seemed to be punishing her for crimes that she never even knew that she committed. Prior to having the skills, she tried to cheer him up, unintentionally criticizing him for his mood. She said it never worked. So she was amazed that when she made the decision to greet him with a goddess of fun and light smile when he came home, and then she decided to trust him to work out whatever was going on in his life. And she decided, okay, he's not in a good place. I'm responsible for my happiness. What can I go do right now? What self-care can I do to fill myself up? The first day she decided to try this, her husband came home and she was very afraid when she saw him because she could see that he had a frown face and it was gonna be another ruined evening. But she decided that it would make her happy to go to her garden. So she decided to not make her happiness dependent on her husband and she announced, I'm going outside to my garden. And she said that while she was busy with her garden, she honestly forgot that her husband was cranky and not in a good mood. Suddenly, her husband comes outside and joins her in the garden. He put on his gardening gloves so that he could have some of what she was having. Her happiness was very infectious. When this woman repeated the story, she said that she realized that for years she had been trying to control her husband's moods when he came home. Now, of course she was scared that if he's moody, then she wouldn't have a good night. Who wouldn't be scared? But she realized, when she realized that her happiness didn't depend on his mood, and she let it be okay for him to be tense after work, meaning that's what he wants to do, I can't control that, I'm in control of myself. How can I own my happiness? What can I do to fill myself up? And suddenly, she was amazed how much power she had that his mood passed quickly and he bounced back. So a lot of us, when our husband is uptight about something with work or whatever is going on with them, it's very, very challenging to just let them go through it without us trying to insert ourselves. We don't like to see our husbands when they're down. It's not a good feeling. We want to save them from whatever they're going through. We want to give them like, you know, emuna and bitachon and tell them it's going to be okay. But the more that, you know, and, and a lot of us do that because we're just feeling extremely uncomfortable with the fact that he's not in a good mood. But if you made yourself ridiculously happy, instead of trying to control his mood, you would be giving him such a gift. The gift of trusting him to work at his own issues and that if he wants to communicate with you about them, he would. So instead of controlling his mood and telling him to bounce out of it, Instead, try figuring out, how can I fill myself up? What self-care could I do to make myself full of happiness? Um, and you will be shocked how fast he bounces back.
Now, many times when women are depleted, we also want our husbands to suffer. So let's say you're folding laundry and he's relaxing, right? It could be trouble for him. There you are being responsible and folding clothes and he's sitting there on his phone. So if we're not depleted, then it will be much easier for us not to make a fight about it. If we are depleted, then probably we'll be like, you realize that you're like on your phone the entire day? You realize I'm trying to talk to you? And his response will probably not be very pretty and it probably won't end very well. We're gonna learn skills, how to communicate, how to get what you want. But for starters, typical criticism does not bring connection. And when we're depleted, it's impossible to refrain from criticizing. Self-care many times takes effort on your part. Sometimes our day just like whooshes past us in a blur and we don't have any time for self-care. So this is the trick. Plan self-care into your day the same way you would plan uh, an appointment to get your wig done. Like non-negotiable, you can't miss that wig appointment or else you have to pay her or whatever. Just pretend that your self-care is the same thing. Like make an appointment in your calendar. I have to turn on music for 10 minutes and dance to myself. And like, I can't miss this appointment. I gotta do it, non-negotiable. Um, now, anytime you're tempted to control your husband, tell him what to eat, tell him how to drive, Tell him how he should parent the children differently. Tell him how he should dress differently. Tell him how he should ask his boss for a raise or whatever criticism or control that you want to tell your husband. Instead, pause and ask yourself the following question. Ask yourself, how do I feel and what do I want? So for example, how do I feel? I'm feeling stressed. What do I want? I want to um, go walking. How do I feel? I'm feeling tired. What do I want? I want to go for a nap. So when you tune into how you're feeling and what you want to do and you give it to yourself, it's going to be much easier to refrain from criticizing him. Um, there's a mother, her name was Stacy, and she had to stay home with her sick AIDS school child for more than a week. She felt that she couldn't get out of her house because of her child who was homesick. Now her husband was going out to work every night when he came home. He came home and was chilling and then he went out and did exercise and she was starting to get so resentful of him. Like, here I am, staying home with the kids the entire week. You're living your life like regular. You're coming home, you're going and you're doing your exercise. And instead of controlling him, she stopped and she asked herself, how do I feel and what do I want? She realized, I feel depleted. What do I want? I want to go out. I want self-care. I want to fill myself up. So she announced her husband that she's going to the library and out she went. She spent the time enjoying herself reading and drinking a cappuccino. When she came back, she was a new Stacy. She realized that her husband was taking care of himself by working out and that denying him that would not have made her feel any better. She took responsibility for her own happiness instead of trying to make him miserable too. It wasn't inconsiderate of her husband to work out three nights a week, but it was self-neglect on her part that she wasn't figuring out how to fill herself up. It's very easy to point a finger of blame at somebody who seems to be having fun when you're not. So when you're doing self-care, another point, very important point, sometimes our husbands need self-care too. Don't begrudge your husband his self-care. I'm not sure if anyone can relate to this where like their husband is just like relaxing or just chilling and it's like, hello, can you please help me? Can you please move? Sometimes. Guys need to fill themselves up too. Sometimes they're depleted too. Sometimes they also want the connection that comes from being filled up. And if they're depleted, they can't show up as them best selves and then they can't do what they gotta do in order to have the connection in the marriage. Now, a lot of you might be thinking, very nice, but there is no way for me to fit this into my schedule. Anyone thinking that? 
Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> not three. Maybe okay. one. What? Maybe one. Not three. Right. Oh, okay, good. So this story is about someone named Carrie. She told me that her life was so busy that she could only do self-care one night a week. When she stayed up late and she would watch something that she enjoyed. A class that she enjoyed. But when Carrie thought about it some more, this is where I'm going to invite you to be creative. When she thought about it some more, she realized... That in the morning, she could spend the extra 10 minutes in the shower, which gives her more time to just relax. And she got some audiobooks to listen in her car as she was driving to and from work. Then she made a point of taking her lunch break every day with a friend. And after just one week of doing these things, I could see a huge difference in her. She looked more relaxed and content. She told me that she had a lot more patience for everyone in her life, her kids, her husband, and her coworkers. Self-care, everyone, is not a luxury. It's a necessity. So even if you're convinced that you don't have time, like Molly, for self-care, I encourage you to take a very empowering approach and just make some time. You could create more free time for yourself by hiring a house cleaner or asking the babysitter to stay longer. There was somebody, two guys who had a job of chopping wood, and one of them worked the entire day chopping, 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 chopping. And another one, every hour, would take a half-hour break. And the guy who was working nonstop said, you're really silly. Like, you realize as soon as you're done, you could go home. Why are you taking these breaks? And he said, because I want to. Anyways, they finish up the day. And it turns out they both end the exact same time. And the guy who was working straight turns to the guy who kept taking breaks. And he's like, this is so not fair. You had a half-hour break after every hour. How come we're finished the same time? And he said, you know why? Because as I was taking my break, sitting back, drinking, and relaxing, I was also sharpening my axe. So guess what, Molly? Self-care expands your time. That means that even if you think, I don't have time for self-care, when you do self-care and you're filled up, everything you do, you do from a more filled up place. You get done faster, you're more efficient, and you don't have to like also get into disagreements with people in the middle because you're more filled up. So it's so vital. You may even want to make, I don't know if people work here, but I'll just say this. Um, you may want to consider making some changes in your work schedule. There was someone named Lisa. She was an administrative assistant. She said that she wished she could work less, but she's like, it's not possible. My boss will never, ever let. Anyways, instead of squashing her desire, so many of us, we have desires. And instead of allowing ourselves to have a desire right away, we're like, squash. Nope, not possible, not possible. But she realized how important self-care is to her being her best self. So she presented to her boss a plan and he actually agreed. Now, in addition to doing three things a day for her self-care the rest of the week, she began spending Fridays at the beach reading for over a year now. She says that she has much more happiness in her life and she, because of that, she has a much more positive outlook at everyone in her life. And instead of constantly feeling stressed and overburdened, the connection in her marriage has improved tons because of her implementing the self-care. So if you're thinking that's so nice for her, but it would never work at my place where I work, my boss would never let me do that, think again. Just because you're the first one to ask for it doesn't mean that they won't accommodate you. It's scary to ask, but it's so worth it to restore your sanity so that you could be your best self. Now, another thing is sometimes people tell me, I can't do self-care because I watch my kids and I don't wanna leave them. I wanna be a good mother and I want to give them attention, and I want to give them a connection, and I don't want to leave them to go and do the self-care. And when they start experimenting with being creative 
had to leave their kids for a little bit. Imagine if they were to leave their kids and go for a half hour walk with a friend and laugh. When they come back, you can't compare the level of connection, right? Like I have a baby that's nine weeks old and I thought to myself, like I am crazy. I cannot go back to work. Guess what? I became a way better mother since I went back to work because I have a little break of him. Then I come back. I love working. Working is my self-care. Anyways, I'm serious, right? Anyways, and then when I come back to him, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're heaven. And I kiss him up and eat him up and I connect to him. Like I really connect to him because I took that break. So next time you're having Yiddish mama guilt, do you know what Yiddish mama means? Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Um, then just tell yourself that if I give myself a little break from this cute little precious heaven child, then guess what? I'll come back and I'll be a much better mother and that can motivate you. Now, I just want to tell you one more idea for self-care. A lot of us, we only feel like we have worth when we are in doing mode. Can anyone relate to that feeling? That's me. I'm good if I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm praying. I'm, I'm, I'm helping someone. I'm working. I'm cleaning. I'm cooking. I'm giving attention to the kids. That's when I have worth. Guess what? You are valuable and you are good. And you have worth even if you are just being. It's called, there's something called Olam HaHavaya and Olam Asiya, a world of doing and a world of being. When you could allow yourself to go into a world of being, that means you tell yourself, there's nothing I want to do right now. There's nowhere I want to go right now. I just want to be. You are going to see that it's going to fill you up and expand your heart in a way where you're going to flow so much more and be your best self so much more. When you give yourself a certain amount of time every day to just be and not to do. And anytime you have those voices in your head telling you, but you're, you're not being responsible. You're not getting things done. Just tell yourself, I have value for just being. I don't have to do in order to have value. Now, one very, very, very important self-care, and I'm just going to add this in quickly. What time is it, by the way? It's 8.53. What? <laughs> for real? Yeah. Wow. We started a little late, maybe. <sighs> okay. So let's just... Uh, Okay, we're almost done. Um, the, the last few pieces that I just want to say is that very, very, very important for self-care to add in as part of your self-care, social and friends. Friends, girlfriends, friends, girls to talk to. Um, the reason why talking to friends is so important, and if you, can't, if you don't have that right now, to get really creative how to bring that into your life is because our husbands cannot be our only support in life. If we just rely on our husbands for support to share with, it could be too much for one mere mortal man. So very important to anyone over here relates where something happens and they share with their husband and then they need to share it again with their husband and again with their husband and by the 15th time he's like, okay. Like, you know? So if you have friends that you could share it with, then at least you'll share it with them five times and not 15 times and huh, it's better for the relationship. Also, you're going to want to share this. Okay. <laughs> Yes. Well, you're going to want to talk about what you're working on. It's a very big project. <laughs> right. you, could, you could share with them about self-care. That's fine. That's fine. You could totally share with them about self-care. There's nothing like whatever. And especially if he sees that when you're filling yourself up, you're much happier. And when he comes home, you greet him with like a massive smile. And you're in goddess of fun and light mode. He's going to be good with your self-care. Another point that I just want to say is that when you're creating your self-care list, try adding into the self-care list something that gives you creative expression, meaning something that uses like a talent of yours. So maybe singing, maybe dancing, maybe painting, maybe writing. If you think you don't have any talents, then we have to talk about that. But um, try adding one of those things in. Now I'm gonna 
very quickly just discuss that a lot of us, most Jewish women, feel guilt for doing self-care or feel guilt for doing something luxurious for yourself. Anyone here? <laughs> okay, so if you feel guilty, I'm going to invite you to do it anyways. And suddenly you're going to see it's more natural. I used to feel guilty. And I used to tell myself all the time, hello, you have to be more productive. You're wasting your time doing self-care. It's so normal to feel that way at first when you begin implementing self-care. Just like you but, but just like you put your oxygen mask on the plane on you first, because if you don't give yourself oxygen, you can't help those around you. In that same way, if you don't take care of yourself, you cannot take care of your family, your husband, the way they need it. Self-care care prevents you also from becoming a control monster. A lot of people look at self-care as self-centered and selfish. And number one, when you can recognize that when you do self-care, you end up showing up as your best self, you realize it's not self-centered. Number two, Hashem created a gorgeous world for us to be able to enjoy and to fill ourselves up and to have an expanded heart and to flow. And that's where we could actually become closer to Hashem and show up as our better selves in all of our relationships. A woman named Helen one time announced to her family, I'm going to take a bath and I don't want to be interrupted for the next half hour. By the way, it's so good for your, if any of you are afraid, like, wait, but if I say I'm going to do self-care, how's my family going to manage? Or like, my kids are going to think I don't care about them. It's so good. Teach them. Like, when you're depleted, mommy goes and does self-care. And instead of yelling, I fill myself up and then I could be a better mommy, right? So this woman, Helen, announced to her family, I'm going to take a bath. And I don't want to be interrupted for the next half hour. She closed the door and she got into the tub and she thought to herself like, okay, here it comes. There's going to be pounding on the door. There's going to be little fingers under the door. <laughs> and any minute now, and she like was waiting and suddenly none of that happened. And it was this odd sensation because although she was craving time alone, she was like, hold on a second. I'm not needed. Like this doesn't feel good. Like her whole identity was hinged on like, I'm needed. I'm indispensable to my family. And suddenly she realized, like, no way. I'm, I'm not needed. I could actually take a bath for a half hour. Anyway, she comes out of the bath, and no crisis had arisen that Abba could not handle. No bones were broken. No homework had been insurmountable. Now, on one level, she was happy that she got the time to herself. And then the other part of her was disappointed that she didn't feel needed. On further reflection... Helen realized that her purpose was to raise well-balanced children in a home with a loving marriage and that self-care was a very important part of that purpose. Practicing self-care not only helped her to have a better marriage, she also felt like she was setting a better example for her kids about how to have a healthy balance between work and fun. The last point. Another reason why self-care is so important, okay, everyone? You want to know how to be attractive and magnetic to your husbands? Guess what? This is the secret. Self-care. When you are filled up and you're a goddess of fun and light, you have no idea how attractive and how magnetic that is and how irresistible you become. As you become calmer and patient, suddenly you're more pleasurable to be around and you may actually begin to resemble that happy woman that your husband married or got engaged to. And suddenly he's going to be more attracted and happier and the relationship could grow and grow and grow. Someone told me, uh, actually a friend of mine, her name is Alana, she told me that before she had the skills, she never did self-care and she was always depleted. And as soon as her husband would walk through the door, she would be like, great, now I get to tell him all about my day. And her day was never easy. So anyone here could relate that when the husband walks through the door, it's like, 
I had such a hard day. And you tell them how hard your day was, what went wrong, how annoyed you are, how mad you are at your mother-in-law, how fuming you are at this child, how, I don't know, just fetching, right? But a lot of negativity about your day. So this friend, Alana, she said that for years, anytime her husband came home, she would greet him and let him know how horrible her day was and how horrible the kids were and how crazy they were and how I think they have every single diagnosis that we have to get them checked out and evaluated. And this is what she would greet him with every time he walked through the door. And she said it was this like weird thing where she thought like he was such a doer, like he would come home and he would start puttering around the house and she would literally follow him from room to room <laughs> and continue talking. And then he would go to the next room and she would follow him in the next room and she would follow him. And she said the weirdest thing happened when she started implementing self-care, she was so filled up. She was constantly in tune and ask yourself, how filled up am I? Okay. I'm not feeling so my best self right now. What could I do to fill myself up? That when her husband came home, she was so filled up that she greeted him with the biggest smile. She was a goddess of fun and light, light and happy mode. She said the weirdest thing. He actually stayed in one place when she spoke to him. <laughs> she didn't have to run after him anymore because I'm saying, think about it. When you have a friend who anytime you're near them, they're complaining and they're negative. You're like, okay, <laughs> like seriously, please, please can you be a little bit more positive? Sometimes you don't want to hang out pe- with people like that. Our husbands also, when we are positive and filled up and we're goddess of fun and lights, if that's how you say it, then they are so connected and so magnetic and so magnetized to us. And instead of being like a porcupine wife, we become attractive and it's actually the best beauty cream. People tell me all the time, by the way, I don't understand. I made my husband a 15 course dinner and I wore my most beautiful outfit and make full face of makeup when he came home. What's wrong? I'm the best wife. And sometimes they're missing nuances. And a nuance could be that if she made him a gorgeous dinner and she looks gorgeous, but when he comes home, she's like negative and depleted and just letting out all her negative energy on him, then it loses the connection. Also, every single husband wants to make his wife happy. And when she's in a bad mood, his feeling is, forget it, I can't make her happy. And for some reason, they take the blame when we're not happy. When we're happy, for some reason, they take the credit. <laughs> so they feel good about themselves when we're happy. That's another reason why it adds to the connection. So for this week, until next week, I'm gonna invite you all to schedule three self-care into your day every single day, the same way that you would schedule an appointment to the doctor. And if you wanna join this um, group text, also one more invitation, I'm gonna invite you to create a list of 20 self-cares. And it might take some time to like grow your list and to figure out, you might try, you might be like, okay, manicure is supposed to be self-care. Then you might go get a manicure. You might be like, totally not more filled up, not self-care for me, right? It has to be something that actually fills you up. It might be blowing bubbles, whatever. (laughs) So, um, and then whoever wants to join this group text where you'll show your wins this week, it's going to be fun. Like everyone's going to be like, I just dance, you know, or whatever. So, and then we'll motivate each other with that. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. And have a great, amazing week. You could text the same number, like my secretary, if you want to join the group text to be able to share your wins, okay? Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So good to see you.